Taymonies. Welcome to the Sailor Moon Fan Club podcast. I'm your host, Victoria L. Johnson, and I'm here with comedian, comic book writer, rapper, cosplayer, and all-deaf producer, Roxy Hayes. Hey, Roxy. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I just took a nap, so I feel real good. <laughs> oh, naps are amazing. I love naps. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I took a nap today, but I'm happy you got one. <laughs> Thanks. Wish I could share it and I feel bad. No, you're good. You're good. good. I'm happy you had a nap. Um, and funny enough, like that reminds me. Like I feel like that's so like Usagi. Like <laughs> legit, <laughs> just like nap time. Sure, I feel like it's perfect for this podcast. Um, but the first question I usually ask every guest is, "What's your first memory of watching Sailor Moon?" So I remember watching it like back in the day, like when everybody kind of watched it, you know, used to come on like Saturday mornings and stuff like that. And funny enough, I was not super duper into Sailor Moon when I first like remember seeing it. Um, I liked it, but I was such like a, I'm a tomboy, you know what I mean? Like I'm just, I'm so hard. I don't want to watch this. So mm-hmm. I remember seeing it, but I was not like super um into it and then i actually had a, a nerd podcast a couple years ago called a uh, nerd talk and uh i had some friends on there and they were just like so hype about sailor moon and i always thought it looked really good like i said like i've seen it but i never was just like oh this is good then i rewatched it and i was like oh wait i love this like it's so cool like the animation is dope like the stories are really cool and it's super cute so once i was like you can like cute stuff um, I got back into Sailor Moon and then re got back into it again. Um, you know, during the pandemic, I feel like a lot of people were watching just way more anime last year, just like longer series. So, uh, got back into it then. So, yeah, I binge a lot during the pandemic too. Like, I got into like the new She-Ra and like I, I went yeah. on like a whole cartoon binge. I was like, just give me all the cartoons that are out. I need it. <laughs> yeah. That's cool though. I mean, yeah, I've I've heard that too, where like people were like, Oh, like it was too girly and I like I even I had that thing where I was like, Oh, I don't like mm-hmm. it's too girly and then like later on I was like, actually I kinda like pink. Like I'm yep. pink. That like, is legit me. I was just like black and hoodie and I don't want a dress on. Like and now I'm just like dresses all the time and a tutu. And uh, this, I need it. I need it. I, I think when we're like, especially, I'm not sure how old you were. We like around the same age. I'm, I, I'm just 30. Crazy. Okay, yeah. So you're like the same age. It was something about just like you had to pick who you were. Like your identity was just very much entrenched in like your clothes and how you dress and all of that stuff. More so now. I'm kind of happy about that. Like I have a daughter. She's 13. So it's not, clothes aren't as much of, of a like, identifier is it seems like they used to be like the 90s 2000s so to me it's really cool kind of seeing that shift oh yeah i hadn't noticed that but i believe you like because yeah like you said like clothes were everything like it defined your mm-hmm. whole being like and who hung out with you and your friends and stuff it was it's we were just way more materialistic it seems like back then and so it's like if you had this you were this person if you had that you were that person and, and it's not as much like that anymore. I know part of it's just like the internet and kids being more like exposed to different stuff, uh, including Sailor Moon. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's, it's just like you can watch Sailor Moon and that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be super or overly feminine. It's okay to like, you know, feminine or masculine things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, like whatever you want to like, just be yeah. 
just enjoy yeah. it. I agree. Um, so in your rewatches, did you have any favorite episodes or moments? I'm gonna have to go with, <laughs> and this is gonna be random, but just every time Tuxedo Mask came on, just because <laughs> like I always look at that meme where it's like you didn't do anything, and he didn't. He really like until later, you know, once he started like on the reincarnation and all that stuff. But like at the beginning, he really was not super helpful. Like <laughs> he was more of like a distraction. Like, hey, look up here, you got this, and then he just left. So just as a comedian, that just cracked me up so much. Uh, seeing that, but yeah, I think that is my favorite. Just because it, to me, it was just like this is this is stupid. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. That's exactly. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just about to say, pick their roles up. It looks like litter. You're just littering every episode. <laughs> That's so true. Like, take your roles with you. Like, Yo, take it with you. That was one of the things. I tweeted, like, um, a tweet saying, tweet as if Sailor Moon was real. And a lot of people were talking about that. They were like, someone just almost killed me with this rose. It's, like, stuck in the ground now. Like, is he going to Yo, he would throw like, it so sharp, and it would always almost impale her. And I never understood how that was supposed to help. Yeah. And then, I feel, then just yeah. Like, I feel like a lot of people think like him not helping is like an exaggeration. But like when you watch it, you're like, he really ain't do nothing. He like, really he did. And left. <laughs> he would legit be like, I know you have the power within you. Rose. And then just dip. And she's just like, who is that? I love him. And that was it. <laughs> but later it's like yeah we're drawn to each other blah 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 so it makes sense later but I still feel like why didn't he ever like help punch someone like you know at, at the beginning like you can go punch somebody and we still don't know who you are right yeah like you don't have to be so mysterious like you can help out a little bit like it'll be fine exactly. yeah <laughs> um do you have a favorite Sailor Scout or Senshi I feel basic I'm gonna have to go moon like, I just have to. I feel like she's... I just like her transformations the best, too. And we share a lot of similar, like, personality traits. She's super bratty, super whiny. I'm super bratty, super whiny. Um, but next would have to be Pluto. I feel like Pluto doesn't get a, a lot of shine, but Pluto definitely deserves deserve some shine. And I actually got to interview um, Veronica Taylor. She was out here. Um, it was something with All Deaf, and we can get more into All Deaf later. Um, but we went to GameCon out here in Palm Springs and, uh, she was up there and I got to interview her and she also, um, voices April O'Neil from the, in the original Ninja Turtle series and Ash Ketchum and his mom. Oh, so wow. like, yeah, she was, and she was super nice. She was super little too. I noticed that a little, a lot of voice actors, they're like really, really little, <laughs> but she was just so nice and it was really cool to hear her like do the voices and do all of this stuff. So um, I always liked Pluto, but meeting meeting her made me be like, yeah, Pluto's up there. <laughs> That's super cool. Yeah, Pluto's one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. Also, like, this is such a safe zone. Like, Sailor Moon's also my favorite, so we can be basic together, even though it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> so, all good. Um, yeah, Pluto is definitely, like, in my top five. Um, maybe, like, top three. Sailor. She's dope. She is. Like, <laughs> and, then I, and then I always like Luna, too. I'm like, does Luna count? Some people say Luna doesn't count. I feel like Luna counts. Luna definitely counts. Like, she is part of the team. She rolling out with everybody. She does more than Tuxedo Mask. That's what I said. And somebody tried to argue me down. I'm like, no. She, there would be none of this if it wasn't for her. 
So yeah. we need her. She's part of it. Also, randomly, I just looked up something else with Bronze Taylor. I didn't know she voiced on like One Piece. I don't really watch One Piece because it's long and I'm behind. I'm like, I'm just going to wait till it finishes and take 20 years and start from the top. But she also voiced Young Griffith in Berserk. I was like, what? That's random. Yeah. The range. <laughs> Seriously, yeah, I looked um, her up too once you mentioned her because I was like, what else has she been in? And she does Nico Robin. Wow. I watch One Piece. Which is oh, one okay. of the, uh, the main crew members. Oh, work? Yeah. Oh, so she's out here. Get like, she is, like... You know, she was the mom in Grave of the fly- Fireflies? I wish I would have knew that during the interview. Wild. <laughs> Yo, shout out to Veronica Taylor. I gotta message yeah. you again. Like, hey, girl, can we retalk? Right. Like, I got some <laughs> new questions. <laughs> <laughs> Way more Rapunzel. Yeah, we gotta talk. That is cool. Yeah, I gotta get that on the podcast. <laughs> She's yeah, Pluto is so dope, and she seems really cool. So that's awesome. I mean, it's cool you got to interview her. Do you talk about Pluto? Yeah. yeah, a little bit, but not really. More so talk before because she didn't have a whole lot of time either. So I just kind of like had to hurry up and was like, "Hey, hey, five questions, blah 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 blah." So we didn't get to talk that much, um, but it was still cool. That is super cool. Super super cool. Yeah, she's legendary um but you also are pretty legendary like ah thanks i'm like reading your bio and like reading your intro and i'm like dang comedian comic writer rapper cosplayer producer (laughs) i'm trying to even get it all either (laughs) i do a lot i'll be bored (laughs) hey you know it's fun as long as you have it is fun um, I agree. So, I think good. so stand-up's my, my main primary. I always like to say that. Like everything kinda started with stand-up and then I kinda just started branching out from there. Okay. How did um you get started in comedy? Ooh, so actually, let me take that back. I actually started doing wait. I feel old when I forget my own story. So I'm sorry. <laughs> so I actually started doing YouTube videos first, but not like taking it seriously, just kinda I think like my first video um, was me doing, it was, it was me doing the dipping pits from the show, the game. Oh. Um, I was just home. Yeah. yeah. And dip and dip <laughs> and dip. Yep. It was that. So <laughs> I was doing that just kind of making videos and doing rants and stuff. Um, but I always used to write, like I used to write scripts and kind of do my own plays. I was one of those people. Um, so my dad was like, Hey, you should try stand up. And I was like, nah, I don't know. And he was like, no, nah, I just try it and see what happens. So, I spent like a week or two just like writing some jokes or stuff that I thought would be funny. And then um, I found an open mic in Houston. I think it's closed. It's definitely closed now. This is like eight years ago. I started like eight years ago. And um, I went up there. I had invited like everybody. I was like, hey, it's my first time doing stand up. Please come out. Please support me because I'm going to be scared. And so they um, like 30 or 40 people came to this very small bar. I had a piece of paper and I was just reading from it. And they all gave me like a standing ovation. And I was like, oh my God, I could do stand up. And I went outside and the, the host was out there. The next person was up by the time I went outside. Host was up there and he was like, yeah, you need, you should. He was like, for that to be your first time and you didn't just like walk off or do anything, he was like, you need to continue doing it. So now I have all this false confidence. Um, <laughs> so I go, I'm like, stand up, it's easy. What are people complaining about? So I go a couple of days later to a second open mic and I only bring like two friends with me. I get on the stage and my first joke did not land. Uh, 
my second joke didn't either. And, I, and remember, this is only my second time doing stand-up. So I'm like, what? These were killing three days ago. And then I got heckled. And this is the worst heckle I've ever gotten in my life. Like to this day, eight years Thanks. later, somebody yells out from the back. And it's a small place. It's probably only like 15 people in there total. And he goes, get your fine ass off the stage, bitch, with them titties. Damn. And I was, I was like, uh, good night. So yeah, get your fine ass off the stage, bitch, with them titties. And I was complimented and insulted at the same time. So I got my ass off the stage. Um, and I was sad. But then I just kept doing it. And uh, I quit a couple times. But I kept doing it and doing um, social media at the same time. And at that point, like, stand-up comedians hated, hated social media people. It was like a beef. I remember that. Yeah, it was like, it was crazy on every level, on like a high professional level and on like the lower level where I was at. Like, we're open mics. And so if you had like, you were doing anything on their line, they were like, I hate you. Like, they would try to bully me and like, just like push me down on the the open mic list like I would bring people and they would like I'm supposed to go up at nine and I'm not going up till two in the morning types it was stuff like that like they were it was wild um so I had quit I ended up going back because uh like my dad was like no just keep trying it um I ended up getting to my first festival in Memphis and then I saw like all these different kind of comedians like it was just so many different styles of comedians so many different people and just seeing you know different black people doing different kinds of, uh, different kinds of comedy. It just made me want to start being, you know, more true to myself. So I just kept going and kept writing and then just kind of brought more of my actual personality out on, in standup. And my, my real personality is very much, I don't give a fuck what you say to me. Like, I don't care. I don't care if you like what I'm saying. I don't care if you don't like it. Um, I'm going to just be this person. So I started being more myself and then stuff just started getting better. I started getting more, opportunities started getting to perform with more people and meet different people and it's been really good like the, the past like i'm gonna say three or four three or four years like the, the later half of me doing stuff has it has really gotten a lot i've gotten to do a whole lot of stuff so it's cool that is cool it's it always sucks i feel like every comedian like you like at some point you're gonna bomb and it sucks that like going into it you know that's kind of like inevitable but I'm happy you found your lane and like, you know, you found your, your people and like you found, you know, your, 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 I don't know what the word is, but you got like your, your vibe going. Yeah. It's, it's been so much like, I will, I'll look at old stand up of me and I cringe. Cause I'm just like, Ugh, what are you doing? Who is that? Especially like for the, how comedy was in Houston, Houston, it, it was very segregated. So it was either you're going to do these weird kind of alt rooms where it's like a lot of like drug jokes and like, like frat boy humor. And then it's the other one where it's just like, de- all, uh, all, I said all deaf comedy jam, no, deaf comedy jam from the net. So like they saying coochie, it's old men saying coochie, like coochie and humping the stage. Like it's that yeah. kind of style of comedy. And so there was no in between. So for me being the style of comic that I am, like it was really hard for me to, to find my voice when that's kind of all I was around, but it's really cool also to just see how that's changing in, in different scenes and different circles. It's like, there's more spaces for people who aren't, who don't necessarily fit in boxes. You know what I mean? You can, you can kind of move more freely. So 
I just don't like seeing people who um, just lie. Like, if you don't do stand-up, you don't do stand-up. Do, like, a different kind of something. Um, so, but I know that's why some stand-up comedians don't like online comedians at all because they feel like they're not doing actual stand-up. Um, so it's just annoying to me when I see it and they're not funny and then they lie and they're like, oh, I killed it. I'm like, you didn't. I was there. So that's more so what annoys me. But I'm also all for, like, hey, man, you want to lie to the people do what you want like <laughs> whatever if that's what makes you happy or you know you feel cool doing that then, then do that but um it just sucks because I do both so sometimes people will try to lump me with those comedians who don't really do stand-up um they just do sketches and um they think I, I just do sketches and I don't do actual stand-up so it causes some kind of like uh not issues because people don't really talk to me crazy so much anymore but you know they do it first and then they'll see me do stand-up and they're like oh you're one of us comedy is very weird and elitist too so it's all weird <laughs> that's kind of a long tangent but <laughs> no that's fine that sucks though i feel like comedy i would think it'd be like such a humble humble like profession but i can see how it could still be elitist Man, comedians are some of the best and worst people at the same time. Yeah, just being honest, it's a lot of narcissism. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a lot. But like, kind of with anything, just like even like it's a lot of, and just in the cosplay community and just the nerd community. Period. It's a lot of. There's always going to be those people that just feel like this is what this is, and this is all it can be. It can't be anything else, and if you do anything else, then you're not fit. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like gatekeepers. Or like and... Yeah, so it's it's literally like the same kind of thing with with comedy. Um, so I try not to be be like that, even if it's stuff that really annoys me. I'm never gonna tell somebody like, "Hey, you can't do this because you do this." I'm like, "Yeah, that literally has nothing to do with me, and it doesn't affect my life at all." So, do you to do what you want to do, and I'll just be annoyed in my head <laughs> and move on with my life right yeah how did you find your voice you were saying that like it was a struggle but how did you end up finding it i just really started mentally i had to tell myself like literally what i just kind of said like i just want to do what i want to do i'm very just stubborn period i'm very much a a brat just to bring it back to say i'm very much a soggy but like, i'm gonna do what i want almost like you know what i mean and so i just decided like I want to perform jokes that I think are funny before I was trying to perform. And even like some of the sketches I was doing, I would really just like, oh man, what if they don't think this is funny? Like, I'm not sure I should put this out. What if they don't like it? Um, and then I just had to tell myself like, I care if they like it, but also I don't care because if I keep concerning myself with if they're going to like it, then I'm, I'm never going to put it out. So I just started putting out a lot of content. But what happens is, the people that like it will find it. You know what I mean? So I've been in shows where it's 400 people there and it's only six people laughing in the back. Like I did a show one time in Dallas. This is one of the worst shows I've ever done. It was literally packed, but there was only legit like 10 people laughing. But then there was one person in the back that was like, fuck you, that's funny, like to the crowd. So like, it sounds weird, but I perform for those people. Like everybody's not gonna get my jokes. I'm I'm never gonna be funny to every single person. But like I'm okay with that. I'm okay with being the comedian that I might not necessarily do all the kind of shows that everybody does. Um, I started doing more shows at like cons and 
and my own shows and just even with other nerds and blurbs. And, you know, I do, I try to do as many different diverse shows as I can. But like when I'm picking my schedule or like picking shows I want to do and people I reach out to, those are the people I reach out to because I'm like, I want to be able to go up here and talk about Sailor Moon or talk about video games or talk about Harry Potter and all this stuff like in depth and really have fun on the stage. So it was, it was more so me having to tell myself like, do what you want. This is you performing your, it's going to sound very uh, up my own, but, but like, this is an art, like comedy is an art, even making content like it's an art. And if you're making your art for other people, it's first is going to be disingenuous because you're not making it for you. Um, but also you're not going to have fun doing it because you're always worried about, are they going to like it? So do what you want to do and fuck them legit. And the people that like it will eventually come around to you. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I could, I could totally see, though, like, wanting to, like, I'm going to perform for those, like, 10 people in this one room, but, like, I feel like mm-hmm. it's, like, 10 people in another room and 10 people in another room, and then sure enough, yep. you're going to have, like, your solid, like, thousands of people who all mess with you. Yeah. Um, and, and I love it because I do, you know, I know a lot of comedians and even people that do social media, and they can't sell out a 400-seater, but I can't. And they have hundreds of thousands of followers, hundreds of thousands of fans, or they can't sell out stuff or, you know, they don't, they can't go to a con and have people buy tickets to come see them. So I've really, over these years, tried to cultivate like a fan base of people that I like. Like I talk to my fans, you know what I mean? I don't even like calling them fans. It's like, you know, that's the homie. Like I I actually like talk to my people and and follow them and, and they follow me because I'm like, it's if we're familiar, like I can, I feel like I can be myself up here. So um, it's definitely that, like what you said, like I get 10 people here and 10 people here and 10 people here. Now I have a hundred, I have 200. Now I have thousands, thousands of, of people that, that I'm connected to and that, and that are connected to me versus me just putting out stuff because it's popular, putting out stuff because it's trending. And then that also puts me in a box because then I'm always having to chase what's popular and what's trending and I never I, I don't necessarily get to do stuff that I like because what I like might not be trending right yeah and then but I feel like in that way like even when you're like not chasing stuff that's trending it's you end up with stuff that's more evergreen mm-hmm. which is it just makes some, so much so, sense so much sense I can repost stuff I think mm-hmm. another person who's really good at that just randomly is Tony Baker like the, Ooh, the yeah. animal voices and all that stuff like I've been following him for a while, even before I was way before I was working with all that. Um, and I, I, you know, he he reposts videos, but like they're still funny. And so like it's stuff that I know I've seen like two or three times, or that he's posted a couple of years ago, but it's still relevant and it's still funny. And I think that's a that's a skill in itself, like making something that's so good somebody can watch it 10, 20, 30 times, and it's still funny, or it's still good, or you still want to watch it. Yeah, that is because there's some things even like I'll even go specifically to go watch it because I'm like that was funny. I want to watch that. Yeah, again. I, wanna, like, <laughs> I have a lot of his stuff like saved and bookmarked. It's one that's just so funny to me, and I watched it so much it gets on my daughter's nerve. It's the one where like the duck is falling asleep, and but he's talking to her like it's in a college class. Like that's just so oh, funny to me. And that's the <laughs> other thing. He has so many videos. <laughs> There's so many videos I could be talking about just because he has so many duck videos. Like, he just, he's super talented. So, just randomly, that's one of those people I feel like 
blew up off of social media, but if you watch his stand up, like that's a stand up comedian who utilized social media um, to, you know, get bigger and grow their platform. And I think just me critiquing, I get on rants and tangents. I think a lot of comedians that are elitist, they miss out on being able to reach a broader audience who would like their stand up because they don't want to use social media. And I think the pandemic um, was kind of an eye opener for a lot of people that were looking down on people that do social media because you didn't have a chance to do stand up anymore. Like there was no, yeah, no comedy clubs were open. So what was actually funny, I have a um, a friend, he's a, he's pretty famous in Houston. His name's Shinadu Ogu. And he like blew up on social media. Like he's on the news in Houston. He works with like the Houston Texans and all of this stuff. And like people used to just talk so much trash about him. And those same people were, were messaging him during the pandemic to learn how to do podcasts and learn how to like upload stuff. And it was just interesting to see that shift, like social media, yeah, it can get annoying. And, but it's a, it's a tool. I think if people look at it like a tool and not like, this is your life, this is your personality built on social media. It's like, no, it's a, it's a tool to connect to people. Use it as a tool to connect to people. Yeah, that is absolutely true. I have nothing to say to that. <laughs> um, what joke you say? What joke are you most proud of that you've done? Ooh, you know what? I think it might be. I actually just brought this joke back. Um, it was me. It's basically me doing a ludicrous song um, as a Shakespearean play. And it's, it's such a stupid joke, um, but I love it so much just because I love Shakespeare and Ludacris is one of my favorite rappers. Ludacris, if you're listening, I love you. I think you're married, but I love you so much. Um, <laughs> and so, <laughs> um, I, I just, <laughs> I'm going to send it to him like, hey, you, know, you hear me professing my love to you? Uh, <laughs> but like I just brought it back and it was cool because it was for my birthday show I just did on uh, December 3rd and then I never had this happen where people were like yelling for me to do other songs in this Shakespearean voice so um, one of my homies Brody uh, Brandon Brody he's on All Def 2 he yelled out slob on my knob and I did it as a Shakespearean play and that's probably the funniest thing I've ever slob on my knob like going on the cold is one of the funniest things I've ever done. So it has to be that joke. And then I'm going to give you one more too, just because I know you said one, but um, <laughs> I started doing, um, I, I like to do voices and I'm not great at voices, but there's like a couple of voices that I do really well. So I was talking, the, the whole joke is I, um, it's very interesting explaining jokes too, because you never can explain them exactly like how they sound on uh when you're telling the actual joke but um the joke is essentially <laughs> porn um i wish they would like have nerds write porn like you know they have they have nerd they have porn for nerds but it's never canonical like you can tell a nerd did not write this like there's an <laughs> avengers porn and and um scarlet which is is smashing thanos and I'm like that would never happen she would never he killed her man like it would never happen so like i want them to have nerds write that genre of porn and make it make it canonical so then the whole joke is just set up so i can do all of these voices so like i do a stitch one um and stitch and meatwad have the same voice and i just started doing meatwad at blurricon actually 
And this is one line I said, which was, I'm going to just do the voice. It's hard. Here we go, baby. Come to me, Rob, baby. And I said it, and everybody was just cracked. So I just kept saying it. And so now that joke is part of my set. Like, I have to do Meatwad and Frylock schmanging, and he just keeps telling him, give me some grease, because grease is lube. And so <laughs> that's probably one of my other favorite jokes. So I do that. I do you know, Fran Drescher is like, ah, Mr. Sheffield. And it's the same voice as Lois from Family Guy. So, oh, Peter. So, like, it's just cool <laughs> doing that because it's like I get to do the jokes, but I also get to, um, you know, show people some of my other talents. And um, it's interesting to me because, like, not a whole lot of female comedians do impressions, but I know so many female comedians that do impressions. So I definitely would love to see, like, more female comedians uh doing impressions you're so right also that just blew my mind i was just like are you still here who am i talking to oh <laughs> i just thought it was so good you know sometimes you just gotta get into it and it, that sounds more like linda from bob's burgers it sounds more like linda right from bob yeah bob's burgers <laughs> but i just i literally just used to be in my room practicing voices and so i do that one stitch is legit who stitch is I started off doing um Schmeagle and they, mm-hmm. they have kind of the same voice, it's just different um my bad I drink some water. Different inflections. So stitch is more like little holla holla crossfire. And then Schmeagle is just like a slower version. It's just like the It's literally the same voice. This is great. <laughs> I'm also like, I need to go check out this Lava the uh, Shakespeare because like that. Yo, I need to. I think somebody recorded part of it. Oh, I think I actually put it on on Instagram. Somebody recorded it, um, and then it's gonna be part of my comedy album. So I'm gonna I basically turn the, the set I just did into a comedy album, um, because I was just like, why not? I don't have any, um, you know, self-produced uh, specials or anything. So I was like, I'm just gonna start making comedy albums because comedy albums used to really get me into doing wanting to do stand-up like i used to listen to comedy albums on the way to this job i hated i used to just listen to like pat Oswalt, who i love um baron vaughn is uh, clayton english he's with 85 south he actually was just in hawkeye which is dope um but so i just used to listen to them in my car and so like i was like i want to make a comedy album maybe i can make somebody want to do stand-up so this is cool yeah cool i'll definitely check it out that sounds that'll be dope i like comedy albums too i feel like they're so underrated now yeah like i'm like that's a because you know we got netflix and it's a whole lot of specials coming out but when when i'm in the car and i just want to like laugh i don't want to watch a stand-up special like just listening to it and it you also can you know what your sense is when you take away a sense like they get stronger like you can hear more of the laughs when you're just listening to the comedy just like with music like you can hear the different instruments you can hear the different laughs in the audience and you can kind of feel the energy of the audience a little bit more to me in a in a comedy album um but maybe i'm just like a weirdo <laughs> you're probably, i could see that being true i feel like you can imagine it so much better too mm-hmm. just because you don't like distracted by like watching it and seeing the person perform it it's like you're letting just your imagination take over and mm-hmm. you know think what it wants to think 
I'm picturing what you are doing for this actor. I don't want me to see it. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's super cool though. And then you also work, you've mentioned it kind of, but you work with All Deaf, you produce. Um, how did that get started? And like, oh, and also, do you have any Sailor Moon jokes? Oh, yeah. So it's funny. I actually I'm trying to remember. I think my Sailor Moon joke wasn't even a joke. It was literally what we said earlier. I was just talking trash about um, Tuxedo Mask and how he didn't do anything, but like he still got with her. And I think I was just basically saying, and I, now I have to actually write the joke, but just about how we as women be like, but he tried. And it's like, but did he? Did he really try? Like we give men so much credit for like, not doing anything <laughs> it's like but he but he threw a rose it's like nah he didn't he was just attractive that's it so that's kind of the joke but that's it's not a done joke it was just kind of like a uh on stage rant but i was like no i need to write that but i did play the sailor moon theme song on my ukulele after my uh blurred concert just because i i did not play it well but i did play it and i actually have a new ukulele and i've been practicing so I'm gonna have it by next year. That is awesome. Uh, and <laughs> thanks. And then your other question was, oh, all deaf. Yeah. So it's actually really random. It's so random. Um, at first, I didn't know how I got on there. Uh, Will Farrell, who was part of the, one of the arcade tokens, had hit me up um, to bring me on all deaf cannabis. Um, but so how all of it started though was I had posted a video. Um, it was me, basically me in a comic book store and I bought too much stuff. It was like $450 and it was me calling my quote boyfriend and asking him for money. So it was one of those like, you know, shopping with nerds type, you know, when you, when your girlfriend's a nerd, a uh, dating a blur, that's what it was called. It was a series of YouTube of, of Instagram videos I was doing called dating a blur. Yeah. It's somewhere like we're in, yeah, we're in somewhere I'm in the car. And like I'm playing all this anime music and then I'll change costumes. So this was like the first one, I think, that kind of started it. And it's funny because it was it was one of those videos that I just was, I think I was just out and about and I was like, I need to make some content. So the first one I would just was like in half price books and I just recorded um, me buying a book that was a lot. And so then um, one of my homies I went to school with worked at uh, Bedrock City, which is like right down the street from there. So I was like, I'm just gonna make a video have my friend do a voiceover and send it in. And like, that was one of one of my videos that just randomly kind of went viral. And I was like, yo, what? So then I posted it again, um, a couple, maybe like a year later, it might've even been more than a year after I had did the actual video, because I'm like, man, I don't have no content. And I don't feel like we're getting cute right now. I'm crusty today. So let me just post this video. And um, Cleo Thomas liked it. Shout out to Cleo. Yeah, shout out to Cleo. It's funny because everybody thinks we got our online beef. We do not. (laughs) We just argue a lot. But um, he liked it. And so he actually told them about me. He was like, yeah, I saw this this girl on here. Whatever he said. And, um, you know, I think we should bring her on. But at that point, all deaf gaming, I, I wasn't posting any gaming content. I was mainly posting like anime stuff. And all Dev gaming was, you know, it's gaming, not necessarily like pop culture anime. Um, but then they started seeing videos of me like, you know, smoking weed, playing, you know, doing stuff. And that's when Will Ferrell hit me up to be on all Dev cannabis. So I got on there um, in April of 2020. And then um, they brought me on gaming to do one video. And I was talking about Um Jammer Lammy and they roasted me so hard. Uh, 
which is their haters, yeah, yeah. because I'm Jammer Lammy. <laughs> Thank you. It's such a good game for those of y'all that don't know they're listening. I'm Jammer Lammy. Lammy is the spinoff of Parappa the Rapper. I'm Jammer Lammy is in Milk Can, which is the band that Sunny Funny was in. So she's the guitarist for that game. It's really weird. It's a weird game, but I love rhythm games. I love games like that. So um, I went on there and they roasted me. But they really, you know, they like they like me. So I just kept coming back and doing more videos. Eventually, I started editing for All Deaf. And then um, I became a producer actually this June. And I moved out to L.A. I was already uh, planning. I was planning on originally moving to Vegas. But um, my brother moved home. Hold on. So my brother moved somewhere else. I was like, I don't want to go to Vegas. My brother don't live there. That's going to suck. So I was like, I might as well just come out straight to L.A. Um, and, yeah, I've been producing since then. I actually got on um, Keep Your Distance, uh, came on stages uh, show, which that was also really hilarious because, so a lot of people don't know this, but a lot of the newer people you see on there came on during the pandemic. So a lot of us never met in person. Like it's still a lot of people that I have never physically met that I talk to like almost every other day wow. on it. So it's really weird. Yeah. So I, I, I literally just met to here for the first time two two or three weeks ago. And I've, I've talked to Tahir all the time. We text, like, you know, we're cool. But I just physically met him two or three weeks ago. I hadn't met Kev until Keep Your Distance. And Kev didn't even know I was on All Deaf. So, like, he had, I had made a tweet, which random stuff of mine be going viral. And it's always stuff that I didn't, that wasn't what I wanted to go viral, <laughs> except for that Sum 41 video. I didn't know that was going to go viral. But it was a tweet. It's always my weird tweets. And all I said was, Nemo's daddy was fine. The daddy was fine. Yo. <laughs> Yo. Because it, it went crazy. Like, I, st I still get tagged in it. It's still just, like, everywhere. Like, it'll be in random groups. And it'll have, like, 12,000 shares and they like oh this bitch is nasty I seen her say some nasty shit before and I'm like I don't want that to be my identifier um so Kev had made a video and he was like yeah some lady on Twitter posted this and the comments were like some lady she works with you on all them he was like oh okay what yeah but it's just the same thing we're in a pandemic so like you know we've never physically met and then you know Kev's more it's, you know it's different sub channels so like Kev's not on cannabis. Right. When would he see me? Kev doesn't, I haven't seen Kev game, so he's not on those channels. So when would he, he wouldn't see me on anything. So um, he put me on um, Keep Your Distance, which was amazing. It was such a fun experience. I got like a whole lot of followers from that. Kev fell, which was great. It was probably one of my favorite um, comedy moments ever. And I met Winston Duke, who is very attractive in person. He looks so fine. Oh my God, is he so thick? I was like, yo, you thick and this is real life thick. So <laughs> I've got on there. I've gotten to do a lot of stuff um, with them. Just like, it's really cool because, you know, nerds, we don't have a whole lot of friends. So when you meet people that you like and that you feel like you bond with, they become family. So it really does feel like, you know, like these people are my family. Like it was just my daughter's birthday last month. A lot of them sent her money. Maya made like $500 last month, no lie. Dang. She made so much money, yeah. And she spent all of it, so thanks, y'all. <laughs> she just turned 13, so it's cool. And then, you know, I moved out here. It's not like I have a whole lot of family out here. But it feels like I do because, you know, it, not the 
and not the uh <laughs> sirens while we recording and the windows are closed it's so loud <laughs> i'm in new york so oh so you all you completely understand yeah i'm surprised <laughs> i i didn't even know there were sirens in la <laughs> yeah, it, it's and I'm close to downtown, so that's why I didn't know downtown is ratchet. Ooh. I didn't either. I've been out here a couple times, and I was staying in a hotel downtown when I came last time, and everybody was like, "It stank down there," and it does. I mean, like not trying to even be funny, like the homeless population is really, really, really bad down here. So, like, yeah, it, it'll just be doodle in the street. Or on the sidewalk, like it, it's a whole lot of tent cities out here too. I and mean, a lot of people are scared to be downtown. I know it's crime and like all that stuff and they're scared of homeless people. But for the most part, with any, just like, if you don't mess with people, for the most part, they're not gonna mess with you. Not saying you won't get robbed, you know what I'm saying? But keep your head on a swivel. I'm from Houston where everybody got a gun, like legit everyone has a gun. So like, I'm like, this is. Somebody just walking down the street minding their business just because they're disheveled doesn't mean that they're not a human. You know what I mean? Right. If I'm not bothering them, for the most part, they're not going to bother me. Yeah. Although there was this one lady that just randomly cussed me out downtown. I cussed her out back. But everybody looks at you crazy. That's the other thing about randomly about L.A. People out here, it depends on the area you're in. You know, like Compton and shit. Like, but a lot of, because I hang around with you know a lot of actors and all that stuff. and So they they are so non-confrontational in Hollywood and so when you're I'm super confrontational so people always look at you crazy I'm walking down the street with one of my friends who's another comedian we're walking his dogs and this lady just walks walks past me and she's like I didn't want to fight until I saw you so me, I was like what's up then For real, man. and now everybody looking at me like yo but everybody was looking at me like I'm crazy I'm like so nobody gonna look at her she said she didn't want to fight so she said what's up and she's like I, I would beat the shit out of you. I said, let's go. What's up? There's a lot of talking. There's a lot of talking. What's up? And so she just walked away. And I'm like, that's what I thought. But everybody was looking at me like I was so crazy. I'm like, no, yo, I would have rocked her shit in the middle of the street. I don't care. would have rocked her shit. So it's a lot. LA is cool, though. But back to all deaf. I really like <laughs> working with them. <laughs> I have fun. I mean, I get pay- played to smoke weed and play video games. Like, I really can't. I have no complaints. <laughs> yeah, that sounds pretty fun. That is pretty cool. Which makes you some back question. What do you think is the best strain to watch Sailor Moon? Mm, okay. So, my favorite strain, and I feel like, I'm going to actually look up the effects, because I feel like this would be a good strain. Actually, let me look up this one, too. So, um, one of the, one of the chicks on all deaf cannabis that I'm cool with, Tocahannes is like a weed connoisseur. Mm -hmm. Like she is like everything. So she taught me about like terpenes and all of this different stuff and just like what to look for when you're trying to smoke. And so, um, like I had favorite strains, but that changed once I started learning about like, basically you can customize your high. Like if you know what you're what you want and how you want to feel, um, then you can look for that and what you're looking for. So it's like myrcene and limeline and all those different kind of that stuff. If you know what those do, then you can find a good way to get high huh. pretty much how, how you want to get high. So 
I used to love Zookies. Like Zookies was like one of my favorite strains. Um, and it's a hybrid, but uh, it is more of like if you're trying to, you know, be awake. But I just tried guava jelly that sounds from this dispensary. Mm -hmm. And I like, I think that might be it because so it's a hybrid strain, right? It's super sweet. Um, it's made from, I'm looking it up now. So they crossed wedding cheesecake, Durban poison, OG Kush, and strawberry Kush. So it's super sweet. It smells really good. So it kind of gives you that like, ooh, Sailor, Sailor Moon feel. But also, what what is it? What's the what's the lime and lemon in it? It's the effects are same. So you get a body high. So you feel really relaxed. Um, but it's also energizing. But also like it's weird. It's energizing and uplifting, but also like relaxing. That sounds good because I feel like so you want to be relaxed because you want to be relaxed. But like I want to be yeah. up so I can actually watch something. <laughs> exactly so I, I feel like and then because it smells really good it's like it has a sweet taste to it i feel like that's definitely so like the flavors is citrus fruity grapefruit sweet tro uh tropical like a berry kind of taste i'm like i feel like berry is definitely like sailor moon and then the fact that it's the cheesecake and you know she loves a sweet um definitely get you some guava jelly but as a backup Maybe wedding cake. Wedding cake is probably one of my other favorite strains. Um, and I think that that might be that might be the one. Now, now I'm looking it up. Oh yep, that one's an indica. Why'd I yell it like that? <laughs> indica. <laughs> I thought it was a, a hybrid. It's more indica leaning. It's interesting because most weed is a, like in the middle or like it'll be a hybrid but indica leaning. A lot of people are like it's a straight indica. It's not. It's a hybrid but it's leaning. Um, ooh, so this one has euphoric effects on the mind and body. I actually don't think uh, this one should. Nope, not wedding cake because you're going to go to sleep. So yeah, guava jelly, I was right the first time. Right. So that is the best strain. I'm putting my stamp yes, on Yes, thank you. <laughs> you're <laughs> welcome. For the information they need. <laughs> um, I'll try. Now, you're doing a lot. Um, so I want to ask you about this comic book you did Noir's oh, yeah. Black had a, a comic there tell me about it I'm going to read it after this recording <laughs> oh cool so it's it's actually interesting how that happened too and um, I just want to throw this out because I like to always try to give advice if I can yeah. um, The one of the best parts about like I said earlier like finding your voice is in just putting content out there is you don't know who's gonna see it. So like even with me with all all depth, I had never spoken to Cleo a day in my life. You know what I mean? But he found my stuff. And so, you know, I got on all deaf and because I got on all deaf, I got different opportunities. I got to write this comic book because of the same thing. Just me posting content and people seeing who I was. And so um I got hit up by her name is Crystal. She's actually one of the co owners for um the the company there for Foursquare, and so she hit me up and was just like, "Hey, um, we're coming out with this comic book. One of the writers actually dropped out, so it's super last minute. Would you be interested in maybe writing something? The deadline's gonna be pretty short. Um, but blah blah blah. And I had never written a comic book before. I had never been published before. I just like you know wrote for fun. You know, wrote some sketches and some scripts. But like I said, I had never been published. And so um, I met with Fabrice, who owns the the stuff and he explained it to me and I was like yeah I'm down and he was like you don't want to know like 
how much it pays or anything. I'm like, no, y'all seem cool. Like, <laughs> I got to stop doing that. But for me, like, I, I love money. Like, I do like money. Don't, you know, mm-hmm. but for like projects and stuff like that, for the most part, if it seems fun and the people are cool, I'm going to want to do it. Um, and that's not on some like, oh, I have so much money. I don't need money. It's like, no, I need money, but I also just have badass ADHD. So I'm like, this is fun. I know you're going to give me money. Well, tell me how much and then I'll do it. Um, so my original story, which he hated, which was so funny. And he's French too. And you know, French people do not mince words. Um, so he felt bad because he thought he was going to hurt my feelings. I was like, nah, bro, like my feelings don't, I have no feelings. So it's funny. I have so many, but it's either like happy or cry. Mm, I feel that. That's it. And I cry about stupid stuff. Like you could call me really bad names, and I'm like, oh, that's that sucks. But if you like eat my food, I might mm. cry. Uh, so, <laughs> so yeah, feel it. Yeah, you feel see, it. see, I, I yeah. told you. So, <laughs> so um, my original story because so it's noir. So for people that aren't familiar, it is black is the noir. Uh, Noir is the new black. I'm sorry. And so it's all black artists and all black writers writing noir stories. So, you know, it's the the whole like mystery. You don't know what's going to happen. And we only had six pages. So it's not a lot to tell, like flesh out a whole story. Six panels, six pages. So I was writing a story about this guy. He worked in a bakery and it turns out he used to be like a in the military was a spy and this other lady came to kill him because he betrayed them to the Nazis or something like that. And he knew she was, so he knew eventually somebody was going to come kill him. And so he let her kill him. So I hadn't decided if she was going to be like his wife or like the daughter, like his wife that he also had betrayed or like the daughter of one of the people that got killed. I wasn't sure. Uh, but Fabrice was like, you can do better than that. Like, <laughs> dig deeper. This is these, like, it's not a terrible story, but like, nah, like this isn't, you know, it could be way better than this. And so <laughs> I was like, okay, I really, I really didn't want it to be about France. Um, and so I just started thinking like, okay, let me make it historical. Cause I love, I love history. And so Josephine Baker popped up in my mind and I was like, I really love Josephine Baker. And I knew she was in the military. Um, but I did not know that she spoke on Washington, the March oh, on Washington. I didn't know that either. Yeah, like like a lot of people didn't know that. Like uh, people that I know that know Josephine Baker didn't know that. So I'm like, I wonder why this wasn't talked about more. So um, that's kind of what my story is about. It's about Josephine Baker and just kind of her uh, trying to get to the March on Washington. And once you read the story, you'll see a little bit more about it um, and just kind of about her so I, I didn't get to meet the artist because same thing like we don't meet everybody and the artist was actually from france his name's pat could not pronounce his last name but it was really cool and then once i got the book um because i think it's like 40 stories in there or something yeah. like that something crazy everyone's story is completely different like nobody's story is even close to the same people are touching on different things like you know we all kind of touch on race but it's also some people touching on like just like family traumas and you know like um lgbtqia plus rights you know like it's just it's so many but in the context of history and some are some are doing science fiction some some stuff is in the like the past the modern the future so it's just it was a really dope project to be a part of because you know we didn't get to read each other's stories until you know the book came out so 
that was also dope. Like I wrote this really cool thing I was proud of, but also like I get to be with so many other um, wonderful creators and part of this project that was great. And then, you know, it got published, but now it's in Barnes and Noble. I still need to go to Barnes and Noble so I can like, you know, stunt and be like, hey, here I go. Um, but it was just, it's just cool. And that was my first thing I ever published. And then after that, um, I got to do more writing stuff. And then I got to work with Mattel and I got to work with Nickelodeon. And, um, I'm also working with, I was working with the gamer. I actually stopped cause I just was, as you can see, I, I'm doing a lot. So like I had to stop doing something. Um, and it was the gamer cause I was actually an editor for the gamer. Um, so I was writing articles and, um, editing articles and stuff like that too. And I had never done anything in publication either. And they were just like, Hey, we think you could be an editor. I used to be an English teacher. So like, you can be an editor. And I was like, okay, cool money. So, um, yeah, I've gotten to do a lot of stuff just because I, I try and I'm not afraid for it to go poorly. And I think that's why a lot of people like working with me. Um, because I'm, I'm going to try is, is I'm not going to say it's going to be great, but I'm gonna try and then I'll learn and then it could get better. Yeah, that's all. I feel like so many things. It's just that, like, just try it out and do your best and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Don't lie to yourself. Like, if it's bad, it's okay. Like, it's bad. (laughs) Look at it and figure out why it wasn't great and then make it make it better. Like, always make your stuff better. Even if you feel like it's great, there's something else you could do to it and just keep adding on to it. I never want to be one of those people that's like, I'm the best. And I do this 100% perfectly, and this is amazing. It's like, yeah, it was great, but I wanna, I wanna make it better. I always wanna add on to it. I feel like you should always try to like, be the student. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah, just like always absorbing, always learning. Mm-hmm. Um, and you also have a rap project album <laughs> coming out, EP. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's- it's the same thing like with, with yeah. all the other stuff I've been saying. So I, um, mm-hmm. I, I've been writing for a while and I actually used to try to rap. Uh, my brother's also a rapper too, which is interesting. His name's Frankie Gold. He Ooh. makes like, if you like weed music, check him out. He's actually coming out with a mixtape too. So, you know, he used to rap at the house and I would just play around and, you know, do that kind of thing. Um, and most of the stuff I do is through encouragement of others, even me like singing and stuff. People are like, hey, you're good at this. I'm like, eh, am I? Okay, let's try it and see. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm not bad. Let me try it. Um, so it was the same thing with rap. Um, I had actually did a freestyle. The first thing I like posted that I rapped was a long time ago. I think I did, it was a freestyle to June 27th, which is Houston classic, but I made it nerdy. Like I just did, I was kind of playing around. I was just, what was it? I think I remember it's just, I'm gonna be the very best like no one ever was. Stacking paper like Legos, getting dudes is my cause. Trying to get them all up in my Pokeball. Number one, like Boba Sword, changing face like God of War. Vodka Cadaver to the haters, better believe me. Call me John Cena, bitch. You can't see me. Snort lax and relax and I'm sleep on these hoes. Xbox ring of death because I'm killing these hoes. And I was just playing. <laughs> but people were like, yo, that, yo, people were like, oh, that's really good. And so um, I did something. My friend like uh, made a black a beat that was from Black Dynamite, and I and I made something with it. And it was just like a verse. Um, and then I decided I was like, let me just let me just try to make a mixtape. Like, who cares? I go to the studio. It's like four hundred dollars, whatever. And um, my first mixtape is actually on like SoundCloud. It's called Roxy Versus. Um, 
a Roxy Hayes mixtape, and it's like me, and I look like Scott Pilgrim, uh, with a sword and everything. It's a sort of love, yeah. So yeah, the new one it was Hey Arnold. That's what I was okay. So, um, Hey Arnold. It's a Hey Arnold. It's called I Like Like You, and it's based off of Hey Arnold. Um, because during the pandemic, yeah, I went back and started watching more episodes of Hey Arnold, and like it's such a well written show. Like the show is really, really, really good. Like it still holds up. I didn't see this last Jungle movie. I know what happens, but I just don't want to see it. I'm just like whatever. I'll see it eventually. Um, I don't like the animation on it, if I'm being honest. But you know, I've never it. seen the movie, and I've always, and I, I have no idea what happens. I need to watch it. But the, the last one that just came out? Oh, wait, not the last one. I haven't seen it. Oh, any the first one? Movie. Man, okay, the, yeah. the first one, man, honestly, you cannot see the first one, because the first one has really nothing to do with the show. I think they were trying too hard to make it, like, action-packed, and Hey Arnold's not an action Like, action happens, but Hey Arnold is very more so, like, about the characters and the dialogues and, and like, you know, their interactions with each other. They made it like a spy type thing. I, I, I don't know what they were trying to do. Um, mm-hmm. Probably like sell toys, but it was not, it wasn't Hey Arnold. Um, so this movie I heard is more, it's closer to the actual show, but I just, you know, I like, I sometimes don't like, I like imagining how the story ends instead of me seeing it. Because we were kind of left to our own devices with how it ended. And I like that. But I am going to eventually see it. Because um, Arnold deserves um, to have a happy ending. But, um, definitely. yeah, I wanted to see that. So, But I just loved re-watching it. I was like, yo, people act like Helga was just this asshole. And she definitely was an asshole. But that episode where she goes to the therapist and she shows all her trauma. And she goes to kindergarten by herself. And just how her parents treated her. And, like, she's really talented. I'm like, yo, nobody ever nurtured this little girl's talent. Like, yeah, she was a little weird pervert. But she's such a good writer. Why did nobody try to nurture that? And then I started, like, like, oh, I relate to Helga. Like, people see you a certain way or they view you a certain way. But you're that's not who you are and that's not who you want to be. But sometimes people put these labels on you and you're like okay if that's how y'all see me then i'm just gonna be this it's easier to be this too like i don't want to convince y'all on something else so that's kind of where i'm going with this mixtape and it's also um you know it's a love it's a love uh mixtape this one's more love the first one was just kind of me rapping but this one's more on theme um so and i actually got hit up by this dude named gilla who is a rapper and producer in houston he's like a nerd rapper um so he's helping me produce this one so that's also why it's taking a little bit longer because I have actual producer before I just, you know, had some beats, but he's like making the beats. He had a guitar player come in and we, we're doing like that kind of stuff. So it's a completely different project. And then he's making me sing on there. First, I didn't want to sing, um, but he was like, no, you have to sing. You're, you're good. So, um, so far we have like about three or four songs that are like done. Um, I wanted to make like at least six, six full songs, six, maybe more, depending on like how stuff's how stuff's looking but i'm really i'm really proud of the uh the project so far and i also feel like this is kind of the one that's gonna be like, oh you like you rap like you're you're actually good it's not just like a gimmicky kind of thing it's like no i actually i actually like to write and i like to rap so it's also once again it's an homage to to helga and people not necessarily seeing your talent I love that. That's such a good <laughs> theme. Like Helga is so underrated, and she definitely so needs more love. She and does. That's dope. <laughs> like, 
Yeah, thanks. Oh, I'm excited for that. Um, I'll make sure to send it to you when it's done. Please do. I'm so hyped. <laughs> I love, I love rap. I love that shit. So, I love it. Um, <laughs> I think you give a lot of advice. And Sailor Moon is going to be on the next week. Yes. Oh, say it again. Oh, <laughs> I'm just like celebrating. You know, I'm like down for anything Sailor Moon. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> always. Yes. That's so dope. I can't wait for that and all of it. Um, I was saying, though, I feel like you gave a lot of advice throughout this podcast. But um, Mm -hmm. let's, I guess, piece of advice, I guess you'd want to give someone who was like trying to get to where you are. Which I would say, I guess is it kind of to reiterate what I've been saying. Just just put it out there like it's it's gonna be a tangent i'm so sorry but don't don't stress on who's liking it don't stress on who's watching it don't stress on is this what i should just do it like because the the thing is like if it's really that bad you can always delete it and take it down people are going to talk about you regardless and i think if you kind of go in there knowing that like knowing ahead like hey people are going to hate this they're going to talk about you. They, they might mock you. They might leave mean comments. They're, they're going to do all of those things. If you don't go seeking validation and just putting it out because you want to, um, you're going to be way happier with this process and you're going to go further. Like, just put it out there. Be yourself. Be your authentic self. Like, don't try to make stuff just because people like it. Make it because you want to make it. Always have, you know, have the audience in mind, but that shouldn't be your first priority. Your first priority is, am I liking this? Is this enjoyable? Is this something I'm going to want to continue to do? I'm going to use you for an example. You love Sailor Moon, so it's so smart how you're doing this podcast. Like, it's not all Sailor Moon, but it definitely is centered on Sailor Moon, so you're still getting to do what you want while framing it around, you know, an interview, which is really just a dope concept. But like stuff like that is is you know, you're very welcome. Um, stuff like that is so smart, and I think that that's the stuff that ends up taking off because this is something that you you're probably gonna want to continue to do for a really long time because it's fun for you. It seems like you have fun doing it. So mm-hmm. use Victoria as an example. Yay. Do what you like to do. <laughs> do what you like to do. Do what you enjoy doing. Make sure it's something that's easy to replicate. Um, and and really just enjoy it. That was fun. I like to use so as guess, an example. A good example. <laughs> <laughs> At least. You, it's like, yeah, I'm an example. A, a good, good one this time. <laughs> good example. Yeah. You are. Thank you. Yeah, no, it is. I do love doing this. Like, it's fun just having conversations <laughs> with people and talking about, of course, like Sailor Moon, but like, I really just be curious, mm-hmm. like, what do you do? Tell me more. Like, share your life with me. <laughs> for an hour's and it's interesting because i did i am gonna go listen to to through some of them like i said i was skipping around but yeah like it was some it was very interesting conversation it's cool because you know you see people do stuff goes back to helga (laughs) you see people do stuff but people are so much more than the thing you see them doing so it's really cool to hear interviews and get to do stuff like this because it's like yeah people whole layers thing even with we're going to use this Usagi because that's what yeah. we're here for, Sarah Moon. You know what I mean? She's this big crybaby, but, like, she's the, one of the strongest people ever. You know what I mean? But, like, you wouldn't just know that looking at this meatball head, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's Bun head. Yeah. Bun head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whatever. 
Yeah, no, it's so true. It's so so true. There's so much, and he, I feel like you might like. Um, actually, have another one, another writer from Noir is the New Black on the podcast, Erica Hardison. So, if you want to check out our episode, you yeah. want to check that out. Please. I definitely will. And her name sounds. Familiar. I think I might have. Is that the lady I just talked to? No, no, I don't think that's oh. the one I just talked to. Um, but I'll definitely check yeah, her out. Yeah, she's dope. And, mm-hmm. uh, um, her story sounded really interesting. I was supposed to read it back then, but now I'm like, I'm definitely gonna read this book. <laughs> like, I, I gotta read yeah, it now. Oh, <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm a, and I love like noir, like detective-y stuff. So and like mysteries. So I'm like, this is mm-hmm. all. I love black people. I'm like, this is this is great. Um, we are dope. <laughs> just like Sailor Moon Hatter. Sailor Moon says phrase at the end of every episode what would your phrase be so sailor roxy says oh sailor roxy says oh this might have to have a curse word in um it's gonna be do what the fuck makes you happy and does not harm others so it's the whole do no harm first so with your content with your life try to try to do stuff that's gonna make you happy something that you enjoy um yeah do what makes you happy that does not cause harm to others. Boom. That's my saying. Yeah, I think that's so good because it's true. Because it's like, I'm trying to add a disclaimer to everything because people will just take things. Mm-hmm. They're like, whoop, and I'm happy with it. And it's like, no, <laughs> but you're happy. Everyone else yeah, is like, not. Do what makes you happy. Don't cause mental and, and harm is mental or physical anguish to others. <laughs> People yes, get the mental. absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, <laughs> unless it's that no. Um, <laughs> and what's next for you? And where can people find you? Oh, okay. So, um, all def. Let's start with them. All def gaming has a whole lot more stuff coming out, as is all def cannabis. Um, we are dropping our arcade house stuff right now, which is where we basically went to this really nice uh, house. They had like a pool and all this stuff. We didn't even get in the pool, but it was a really dope house. And we got to, a lot of people met for the first time, but we're playing all these games. Like we did Uno, um, we did uh, like a live Overcooked, but we're like, you know, doing all these cooking challenges. Um, that's probably one of my favorite things that we've done. Um, because it, you know, we're doing gaming, but like gaming is so much different stuff. It's not just video games. It's also like board games and physical games. So that's really cool to see us doing that overcooked episode is my favorite because that's, uh, me and Cleo fighting and everybody's like, was just so happy to see us interact in person. Cause we fight all the time online, but to see it in person and see that this is 100% authentic, um, was just dope. And a lot of people liked it. Um, I also, like I said, I have the mixtape coming out. Um, it may be coming out, like I said, in February. I want it to come out in February because, you know, Valentine's Day and love oh, and stuff yeah. like that. Um, the art is going to be cute. And the artwork was drawn by Jay Toon. I don't know if you know him. His, a lot of his work is going viral. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so cute. I'm actually going to repost it um, since I'm talking about it. But it's a super cute cover. Um, I have that coming out. Um, also, the comedy album, which is not named yet. The show was called 13 going, 33 Going on 13. Um, but I'm probably going to change the name for the actual comedy album, so be on the lookout for that. Um, as Victoria said, I do have Black is the Noir's the New Black that is in Barnes & Noble. It, I think it's going to be in 
I know it's available online. It's on Amazon and stuff like that, too. So you can check that out. Um, and I'm looking at my wall. Oh, um, check out my Patreon, Roxy Hayes. I have a show on there that I'm bringing back Like now that I'm moving into L.A. and I'm settled in. Um, it was called Tell Me a Story, Roxy, because I just have such a weird life and so much crazy stuff has happened that I didn't think was crazy. So I started talking to people about it. So um, I tell those stories on there. Uh, one that just got released a little while ago was how I got too high and got lost at Disneyland for several hours. Um, so that's that, that's a, it was a crazy, it was a lot. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> oh my God, it was so. Huh. So yeah, y'all check that out on Patreon and just you know follow me on social media. It's all Roxy Hayes R O X X Y. Again, R O X X Y H A Z E. I know it's spelled, but just in case. We spell it wrong all the time. It's two X's. Um, and yeah, hit me up. Um, I love doing podcasts. Um, my schedule is finally stabilizing too. So I'm apologizing here now because I've had to reschedule this several times and I felt bad. Oh, I wanted to do it, but I kept moving and it's stuff. So I'm, I'm back to, you know, regular schedule. So if you want me to come on your nerd podcast, please, please hit me up. And I think that's it. Anything else, just you'll see it on my social media. Yeah. I mean, you got you got a lot so i, I mean you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'll drop links of course in the podcast description um yeah thank you that's so cool um, and once again i am victoria l johnson host of the sailor moon fan club podcast you can find me at miss old school it's old school with a k on twitter and instagram find the podcast at mooney's club on twitter Mooney's underscore club on Instagram. I'm also on TikTok at Sailor Victoria. And we have merch at Mooney'sClub.com. If you want to get some Sailor Moon inspired merch. And that's it. Thanks, Roxy, for coming on the show. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, Mooney.